0: How would you even get on the roof? I mean, well, other there's than ways lie, on the
1: roof. There's our ways to get up in the sanctuary. It's easy to get on from the backside, actually. Yeah. Get right up there, but... <sighs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that one day. It's just to kind of... It'd,
0: it'd be a, Matt could record it and we could all be like having a... Here's Tim's death. <laughs> Scott's preaching this week. <laughs> I'd be like a Tim that told me to I would be.
1: All <gasps> right. Oh gosh. You can have safety straps and you jumped out of a plane. I know. I don't mind doing that stuff. Doesn't scare me actually the least, but... Uh, this would. Yeah. That nice stuff does. Tim
0: wrapped around the
1: steeple <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome.
0: Welcome back to Pastors of the Roundtable. We're so glad you're able to uh, join us again today. Uh, Pastors of the Roundtable is the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church and is brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, we want to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, today we want to do the second part of a two-part episode that we, uh, are two-part uh little small series. We did a part one last time uh, looking at uh, these five key events um, in New Testament history. Kind of taking a a bit of a break from, we have been going through the screw tape letters, we'll return to that eventually, but just kind of taking a break from that and looking at some other material. So looking at uh, these five key events that really are important to New Testament church history and things that really shape the church and really have shaped us down to the present time. Last time we, we looked together at Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit, how that was important, and also about the conversion of Saul of Tarsus, also known as Paul, and uh, the importance that that has in the church's history in the New Testament, but also for us uh, today. So we want to uh, continue on with that. Sitting around the table with me today is Tim Michelangelo and uh, Matt Bates. Uh, Scott Slater, our family pastor, has, is not able to be with us today. He is uh, away on a mission trip um, across the state, so we miss him, And uh, but he's not able to be with us. My name is Spencer Snow. I'm the discipleship pastor here at the church. So guys, let's, uh, let's dive in again where we left off. Last time we talked about the Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost. We talked about Paul being converted, and the Lord had said that Paul was a chosen instrument to be used by him to uh, really to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And so we see the Gentile mission really start to uh, take place, particularly in Acts 13. But before that, there had been um, converts. Uh, Gentile converts before that one of the things that happens in uh, the book of Acts and you see this in the whole New Testament is that the gospel of Jesus Christ breaks down all of the walls of separation that the world puts up between us Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things you see is that in in the book of Acts is in Acts chapter 8 we see Philip goes and preaches to the Samaritans. The Samaritans were regarded as kind of like Mm half-breeds, outsiders to the Jewish uh, church, but they were welcomed in through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see the eunuch who would have been barred from temple worship in certain ways. He's now welcomed as an equal in through Jesus Christ. But really the first Gentile converts that we have uh, are converted through the preaching of Peter in Acts chapter 10, uh, Cornelius and his household. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about for Cornelius and his household and the first Gentiles being converted and
1: and why this was a big deal? I think, uh, not necessarily about the story in particular, but later. Mm-hmm. When, Paul, when Peter's being questioned about it, mm-hmm. his response is kind of like, "What do you What do you want me to do?" I mean, right? Yeah, <laughs> this is what happened. Like I, I saw <laughs> this happen and take place, and who am I, kind of, to sit here and say, you know? But he also had a vision before mm-hmm. before this happened um, about uh, the Lord telling him to get up and eat, and Peter saying, "I can't eat that. That's unclean," and mm. and the Lord saying, you know. If I say something is good or something, mm-hmm. you can't, write. I mean, and it happened a few times. Yeah. But it was pointing Peter to what was about to happen. Yeah, I mean, The Gentiles were unclean. They were not something to be a part mm-hmm. of this. Um, but God was preparing for him what was going to take place with the mm-hmm. Gentiles. And so then he saw it, right? He saw it mm-hmm. firsthand when he when he goes to Cornelius' home and he sees the Holy Spirit come upon them. And, mm-hmm. uh, he sees God work in their life. Yeah. Um, like we'd said uh, in the last podcast, that wasn't it for Peter. It wasn't like that was enough even to convince Peter. It seems that this was final, where he was like, "All right, the Gentiles are in. Let's go. Let's go do this thing." There's still this hesitancy, yeah, um, with a lot of with a lot of people, even after uh, Peter's report to the sure. church of what happened and took place. Um, still, a lot of discussion amongst the Jewish Christians, the people who had believed, you know, of of what. Salvation really looked like to be yeah. a part of the family of God, mm-hmm. um, which are which were tough questions. I mean, yeah. there were questions that needed to be asked and mm-hmm. needed to be answered, and mm-hmm. they were they were tough questions that really would be talked about for years to come, even yeah. with the early church fathers and stuff. Sure, uh, which I think your next class is talking about. Yeah, you know, some of that. But
0: mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Matt, any thoughts? No, I think. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it kind of opens the. The gate for
2: yeah, us, it does. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, Two thousand years down
0: the road, right. Give or take. Uh, so, yeah. No, you we should just, at least be thankful. <laughs> right. Right. No, you're exactly right. No, this is us. I mean, um, <clears throat> yeah. I don't think anyone in our church is Jewish, I thought I know of. Yeah. yeah no. It's it's a. Uh, yeah. This is the opening door. I mean, that was one of the big deals. Is Peter is like okay, it goes in. And um, he preaches the gospel to them. Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing is we're told that the, the people who came with Peter, who were Jewish Christians, they're shocked because the spirit is poured upon these people and they don't have to first become Jews. Yeah. Um, and so Peter says, well, I guess if God gives the spirit to them, we gotta baptize them because they're part of our they're part mm-hmm. of our family now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and later on, that's his critics come to him and say, "You actually sat down and ate with these people. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal to sit down and eat with a Jew with a Gentile. You're contaminating yourself." And yeah. Paul says, or Peter says, "No, no. The Lord showed me this and said that um, those old ceremonial distinctions of unclean and clean, uh, Jew and Gentile." That was that was the past. This is this is different now. Mm. Um, in Christ, uh, they are cleansed by faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, doesn't Paul go on to say later in one of his epistles that we're no longer circumcised by flesh, but circumcised by the heart? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Paul will say some really crazy stuff yeah. to Jewish ears, right? Um, circumcision is nothing,
2: and mm-hmm. circumcision is yeah.
0: nothing but a new creation. Yeah. I mean, that yep. you could imagine to a former Pharisee to say those kinds of things. Uh, the, the old the, the old characteristics no longer define us. We're all one in yeah. in Christ. Yeah. So, um, the gospel spreads to the Gentiles. Eventually, the gospel continues to spread to Antioch, the church in Syria. And one of the cool things about Antioch is that it's a diverse city. It's the third largest city in the world. <clears throat> And we're told in Acts 11 verse 20 that some of these Christians, we're assuming they're Jewish Christians, maybe Hellenistic Jews. Or maybe I don't know, but um, they go and they're speaking the gospel actually to Greeks, that mm-hmm. is Gentiles. So the church in Antioch seems to be a place where you start having this, this amalgamation, this grouping together of Jew and Gentile in, in one church. Barnabas is sent up to help the church out. He goes and grabs Saul from Tarsus. And there's um, this this great development of the church in Antioch. So you have the church in Jerusalem, but now you have this, this new church really developing in Antioch. It's kind of a, a cosmopolitan, diverse city. And Paul and Barnabas are on the pastoral staff, so to speak, <laughs> together. Uh, these, this group of teachers that we read about in Acts chapter 13 um, all sorts of teachers there that are working together to minister the word uh, to them. Until eventually, the Holy Spirit comes to them and says, it's time. Send Paul and Barnabas out for the work that I've, I've called them to. Tim, you mentioned before um, in our last podcast about how Paul didn't simply go out and, and do the work uh, that he was called to do until... It was through the church, the Holy Spirit working through the church Mm -hmm. to really send him out. Mm -hmm. You want to touch base, touch on that again in this
1: episode a little bit about Acts 13 and what Paul does here? Well, yeah, I mean, I I think it's just important to take note that there's a reason they're going through the steps they're going to do what they're now going to go and do, right? And it's not there by accident, but I think it gives us something to follow, something that we should see. and. It is the importance of the church. Christ ordained the church. Christ has given us the church isn't a bad thing. You know, we use that as a bad word a lot of times. Um, I think I saw an article the other day and it said had some quote from some pastors just saying people are leaving religion because of religion. Hmm. I, that's like to me that's an easy thing to say. I, right. I get that. But that doesn't mean religion is bad if you're talking about it in terms of, of the church, you know, yeah. and that's, yeah. a lot of times people will equate those two together. The church is what is the thing that God is using to share the gospel with the world, right? That God has given power to the church. He's established order within the church of how things function, how things are, are yeah. done. And there's, there's a reason for that. And we can't just throw that out because we don't like it or because of something mm-hmm. special that we think is happening. Ooh. The church is the plan. <clears throat> um, we've talked a lot about these parachurch ministries In organizations, and there's some out there that do good things. We're not saying that, but they're not—they're not the church, right? Mm -hmm. They're not—they're not the local church, and uh, it really seeps down to everything. Missionaries being sent out should be connected to the church, you know. Uh, Church plants—that's a big thing right now. Mm -hmm. That should be connected to the church, you know, not some parachurch organization, not something like that. Needs to be. A church that well, is yep. is pushing that and is helping yeah, that, right. uh, so, so that I, I I don't know. You said a statement I think last podcast. That there's just no no Christians apart from the church. It just doesn't work, yeah. right? Or something yeah, like yeah. that. It's just, but it's become <clears throat> so common in our day to hear <clears throat> that it almost like isn't argued anymore. Right. I could be a Christian just sit at home. I'm not a member of a church. Right. you know? I just kind of I right. go to this church and I like this church's music so I'll go to this one. I like mm. this one's pastor, so I'll go listen to him sometimes. I, I like the people at this one. That's bad. That, that doesn't exist Mm-mm. scripturally Mm-mm. anywhere. Mm-mm. You know, that's yeah. not a healthy thing. Um, no. And we see that with Paul like we were talking about. Right. If anybody could have said, I'm going to start my own thing, it was him. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. the Lord knocked him down, said, I've set you aside for a special right. thing. Now, mm-hmm. let's, yeah, this is what you're going to do. But yet, right. there was order in it, yeah. and it was done through the church yeah. and commissioned through the church. They laid hands on him. Yeah. right? We see that, yeah. and then they go off and do it. Yeah. Also, it's interesting, Paul, even though he's the one who we're told
0: is a chosen instrument, and and, even, and Barnabas is said to... Have been called by God for this purpose, but Paul never goes alone
2: mm. and mm-hmm.
0: just goes out and does it. He always has a, uh, colleagues, coworkers mm-hmm. that he will he'll talk about um, that go with him and and yeah. do this work for him. Even all of his evangelism, but also. Um, and, and I think sometimes in our minds, we disconnect that from church mentally because we're so associating that with, I mean, what I grew up with, right, was uh, uh, whenever I was younger was there would be a, we'd have a revival, so we would bring in a big evangelist. Yeah. And, and, but it, it was like that was his special job, and he wasn't like sent from a church. You know, like I just never associated it with that. Yeah. But I think even in their evangelistic activity of starting churches, planting them, um. It was always connected as a team network, a team idea connected to the mm-hmm. to the congregation of God's people. I just don't think they ever thought about it in any other terms. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, disconnected mm-hmm. from the spiritual family. Um, yeah, to, and I
2: think that helps the clarity of the gospel too. I, I don't know who, this might be Paul, but whoever ran into Priscilla and Aquila mm-hmm. and, and in their meeting they learned to articulate the gospel in yeah. a better way. Yeah. I don't remember if that was Paul or... Yeah, he maybe, met them. Paul? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think being connected in those... Yeah. In, ...with other, you know, churches,
0: evangelists, you say yeah.
2: evangelists, but, like, that can very... help help people to clarify...
0: Right. ...the gospel that they're preaching. Yeah, and then Priscilla and Aquila are later unable to help Apollos. Yeah. Right? Because he's kind of doing his thing. He's, he's a believer... Um, Up to us, you know, has a very limited knowledge, and then they come along and take him aside and teach him the way of God more clearly. Yeah. Um, So we all need each other. It's actually that this is the healthy way. This is not like supposed to be restrictive. We're trying to say you've got so many resources. Yeah. When you're working through the people of God.
1: Yeah. um, And in tandem with the Mm -hmm. people of God, it's actually, it's better for everybody. Yeah. I think it's a big discussion nowadays, you know, talking about celebrity just within the church and, yeah. You know, I'm always uncomfortable with anybody whose ministry is their name. That's just, or man, has just, their face on it. That just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I did not do that. Yeah, your right. podcast face we see every Sunday. <laughs> I, did not do that. I don't think,
0: by the way, I don't think that makes me a celebrity. I think that is a that is a, a little bit of jest.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Not not you'd have it. to
1: ask the person who designed yeah, it, yeah, it I puts think it up. up. I, don't I, don't think,
0: uh, I think that makes me not take myself so seriously. Oh, really? see that
1: on there, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Go ahead. Humble. Humbling. Yeah, it's humbling. <laughs> uh, we see that a lot today, I mean, just with with really a lot of walks of life in our in Christianity, um, with celebrity pastors, celebrity apologists, mm-hmm. you know, celebrity oh. evangelists. And again, I, I know uh, I take some flack for saying things like this, but celebrity musicians and bands within mm-hmm. within our faith. Yeah. Um, all of those things can be good, but a lot of times they start getting separated from the local church yep. to where there's no accountability, and you have a guy who's on the road 40 weeks of the year, not mm-hmm. in church, not yeah. in their local church, yeah. but they're like, yeah, but this is my special calling. I just find that hard to believe because I just don't see that too much scripturally right. yeah. where that where that is, um, and I think... We are facing a lot of the ramifications of that mm-hmm. today, and struggles of people being led astray by these celebrity pastors who aren't really connected to a church, mm-hmm. or it's a church that's very disorganized right. and mm-hmm. and uh, not led in a healthy way. I'm not even talking the- theologically; yeah. I just mean even administration wise sure. or right. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just so easy to do. But and that's our culture today, right? We see, we hear a speaker on YouTube. And we start researching them and I mm-hmm. want to know more about them mm-hmm. and I want to hear, I want to hear them speak and they, right. we let them become an authority in the life. Right. And it's like, they don't live where you live. Right. They're right. not a part of your right. church, mm-hmm. you know? And again, I'm not yeah. saying yeah. anything outside of MMBC is bad. I'm not, I'm not yeah. getting at that. I'm just saying right. there's a reason that yeah. we are located here. Right. Yeah. We have the people here that we have. Right. We have the staff that we have. There's, there's a reason for that. And God yeah. will use that mm-hmm. as we are faithful. Yeah. Um, together mm-hmm. right um, I just think it's very dangerous and we don't see precedence of mm-hmm. it you know no. I don't think I don't think Paul would have had you know Paul.com
2: or something like <laughs> yeah. that you know in his ministries. <laughs> right. I just don't think that that would have existed <laughs> right. for
1: him right, right. Um, <clears throat> I think you said it one way Spencer uh, a couple weeks ago but it, there's like a difference between being known and wanting to mm-hmm. be known right yeah, or yeah, putting yeah. it sure. out there to be known sure. more and more. Mm. Paul probably would he would have been known. He was known. But there was a difference between being known versus trying to make himself known. Yeah, right. He Absolutely. didn't make himself known, right? Right. He went and started teaching and he was commissioned through the church mm-hmm. to go and do this yeah. to do this work. Yeah. yeah. And that's how it should mm-hmm. be done.
0: And he set up local communities. <clears throat> whenever he mm-hmm. set up, whenever he went to go, he evangelized. Mm-hmm. We're told, you know, he goes out, he'll preach the gospel in the synagogues yep. typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, would do that for a while mm-hmm. until people got ticked at him he would take the people <laughs> that believed this message out that would form the nucleus of this new right. church and then he would raise up and and he would have leaders have elders or right. you know, leaders yeah. in the church yeah people and that's one of the most beautiful things about really yeah. living in your in in your local church and really um letting listening to Whenever Pastor Tim is is preaching the word of God to us, I remind myself of this, is God has put me here, and whatever he tells me what's true in the Bible, God is telling me mm-hmm. through him. Yeah. Not because Tim is inspired, but because God is using him to tell me the gospel message again. Yep. I need to hear that. And yep. one of the wonderful things about it is that whenever you're in a local church, it, it's not somebody on a screen that is, but I've got flesh and blood people all around me who mm-hmm. actually love me mm-hmm. and who can also tell me the gospel and mm-hmm. love me enough to be honest with me, but just, just living together. And that's what Jesus Christ established is real family, spiritual families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we're here for. We're here for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's And and you can never replace that with a screen or with yeah. any of these other things. The. The preacher on television may be a good Christian man, but he doesn't know you, and he can't love you the mm-hmm. way that the people in your local yeah. mm-hmm. church can and should mm-hmm. should be doing. And that's that's, uh, that's what Paul established. He established churches. He didn't establish um, <clears throat> any other thing. He established a really boring, ordinary <laughs> group of people. Who had this mm-hmm. this message about a guy who died on a cross for our sins to reconcile us back to himself? Mm-hmm. And he says Paul was so successful, he uh, he went all the way to Rome. He says he wanted to go to Spain, and depending on who you ask, the you other know, said no one knows for certain. There, there's a chance he could have made it all the way to Spain to preach the gospel. One of the things that happened as a result of this was that um and was that the gospel began to be believed and. Uh, Christianity and the people of God, the church, shifted from being predominantly Jewish. And it was now in a transition point where it's becoming predominantly Gentile. Gentile. Mm -hmm. And that was a really big transition, which we'll now uh, get to. Because it's kind of weird that we embrace a religion that is entirely Jewish. uh, Especially if you're a a Gentile believing this Mm -hmm. in the first century. How does the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all of a sudden become my God? And I'm not doing any of the ceremonial stuff they did, but through Jesus Christ, that God is now my God as Mm -hmm. well. It was a really confusing thing, and this leads us now to the Jerusalem uh, Council. I think that's probably still a confusing thing for some people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the questions of the relationship between the Old Testament and yeah. the New Testament. Right. Um, and what's Jesus' relationship to it? What's the relationship between Jew and Gentile? Or Yeah. Um, I mean, those are very much still questions people ask now. <laughs> yeah, they are. You're right. You're right. Um, and and, the, and the, the, the the core questions about what is the gospel message mm-hmm. um, have, have never changed. Yeah. So, in the background of the Jerusalem Council is this whole issue of Jew and Gentile relations, which, again, were a really big deal. Um, the, if you're a Jew and you're showing up at the church potluck and Helen shows up bringing in a ham, you're going to have some, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. Why, yeah. We never, I mean, like I was, in, would she it, even it, make it in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but cause if you think about it, like, um, uh, if we are, uh, we, you know, with the whole COVID stuff, right? People are talking about how the people in China eat bats.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we were talking about right? that the yeah. other day. It just and, seems, and, yeah, it,
0: I mean, I can't <laughs> imme- personally, like, I am not saying it's a <laughs> sinful thing. I'm just sit- personally revolted by the idea <laughs> of eating a bat. Um, but, you know, whatever. And I think that it, revulsion, at least, even apart from theology, um, that there was that inner revulsion inside them, like, oh, this is just yucky. Well,
2: yeah.
1: Why think, would
0: you ever eat a pig? I think common man? sense tells you that they carry a lot of bacteria and disease. <laughs> so. mm-hmm.
1: Probably, well, pretty you know? dirty. <laughs> I mean,
0: you know, I it's, I, I you know, I had some oh, friends uh, from Kazakhstan, um, and they eat horse there. Yeah. It's just standard sure. operating procedure, and it's a sta- It's a Muslim country. Would you do that? I don't know that I could eat trigger. I would eat mean, you,
1: know? you know, take old Trigger and... I'd eat most everything. I'd try yeah. it. I'd eat <laughs> I'd try it. it. But... Um, <laughs> My brother-in-law had it. He lived there. Yeah, he lived there. Yeah, he talked about it. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Said it was good. That's right.
0: They have sausage, apparently, they make with it and uh-huh. everything. And, uh, <laughs> so anyway, but I'm just saying, like, you can just see the, 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 the situation here uh, with the Jew and the Gentiles, even just this yuck factor. But the question arose now is, uh, some people were saying... Okay, it's great. they believed in the in our Messiah. That's great. they believe our message, but they still need to get circumcised and become Jews if they're going to get saved. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the gospel Jesus re- that's what the message of the gospel requires mm-hmm. of them, which of course was totally different from what Paul thought the gospel was and also from what Peter had thought the gospel mm-hmm. was. Additionally, uh, even though this was not the the problem here, Um, You could conceive that some people, especially if you're a a Jew, could think, well, yeah, of course, the Gentiles can get converted, but they're always going to be second-class citizens because we're the people of God. We're the Jews. We're the children of Abraham. And, And they can get saved, but they're always going to kind of be secondary citizens. Well, beforehand, all of this, Paul and Peter agreed that we are all equal in God's sight, as Jew and Gentile, mm-hmm. the Jews do not need, or the Gentiles do not need to get circumcised, um, in order to be accepted by Christ and be accepted into the church. All are equal in uh, Jesus Christ, and if God has accepted us equally, we we ought to accept each other mm-hmm. equally by by faith alone. And Paul talks about this in Galatians two and yep. in Galatians three. Um. Guys, is this issue something that I mean, maybe not the Jew Gentile thing, but the idea of acceptance? How do we accept people into the church? How do we draw boundaries? Are there are there things that we add to the gospel message, but are also adding to the grounds of acceptance into our church, or or how does this, how do these questions? Do, do we deal with this issue as well
1: today? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're blind to some of it. I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's, I I have no doubt there's things we do wrong that we think is right or. Right. um, I don't think anyone's going to go into heaven, having 100% of it right, you know, where God's like Correct. You nailed it. You were were the one. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, (laughs) in our theology, I mean, in our our practice, our Mm theology and all that stuff, we're not going to have it all nailed down. So Mm -hmm. there's probably things, no doubt, that we do, you know, that. That we start to add to things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, too, I mean, we have to be careful because even in the Jerusalem Council, after Peter talked and all that, just reading it again, before they send them out, they do say, yes, we agree, Jew and Gentile, you know, if God is changing them, there's right. nothing that we can uh-huh. add to that. But let's continue to tell them to abstain from sexual morality, right? to not be polluted by idols, right, right? Um, and a couple other things. They don't necessarily say that's for salvation, but they do say, let's still do do right. these things. Mm-hmm. So we still are a people of the law, but in a season of grace, we have grace, but we still are told to obey, mm-hmm. right? We're still told mm-hmm. these things. And so we have to balance that stuff well, right? We, so something that you'll hear said, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, uh, but uh, we just got done saying I don't see anywhere in Scripture where you are a Christian without the church. Right. Uh-huh. We have to know how to balance that, uh-huh. right? You have you have uh-huh. to know how to uh-huh. how to communicate that uh-huh. communicate that well. It's kind of like balancing Paul's writings with James, uh-huh. <laughs> with the book of James. Yeah, uh-huh. works right. and faith, the whole works uh, thing. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of like maybe something here that people would think I, I don't know i'm trying to think off the top of my head something that we do or even have done in the past where it could be confused that this is what you got to do to be a christian i mean maybe before walking an aisle mm. you know if you were really going to be saved you had to walk an aisle i mean mm. i'd heard many times though in this building other pastors say you don't have to walk the aisle to be saved. Well, i mean i heard that all yeah, the time but right. it could have been seen that maybe right the real ones mm. mm-hmm. We'll walk the aisle and do something mm-hmm. like that and pray up there or, or pray with the pastor, and mm-hmm. then, it's, then it's real. Um, I'm sure um, baptism can be misconstrued at times for some people okay. of what's going on with baptism, yeah. or maybe that's involved mm-hmm. in your salvation, mm-hmm. uh, that we have to be careful of how we talk mm-hmm. about it, that it's a symbol mm-hmm. of what's already happened, that's mm-hmm. what we believe. Same with the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know I, uh, can you think guess I something? was thinking more along the lines of like dress like what you wear oh I like mean f- I, would that be more like for someone to actually be a Christian or just more of yeah. a oh you think like that a, like a convert oh like someone who's like young
2: and they're like you know the person is like you shouldn't be wearing that and yeah
0: yeah yeah I yeah th- I, I mean that's where my may- brain went maybe mm-hmm. maybe um, I it can be anything yeah but for these people in particular yeah it was circumcision you need to become a jew in order um to become uh, a part of the church and they really defended what the one of the big things was is they defended the gospel of grace here um
1: i guess okay if i'm going to be honest i think now it's you need to be it'd be politics Oh, for that's sure. probably yeah, a big one right like now. That it could be a work. good one. Yeah. Be a, yeah. If you're going to be a Christian, you yeah. have to f- be Republican. Yeah. Right. You know, you would hear something said like that. Right. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> it can go both ways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm yeah. just trying to think yeah. of like, yeah. I'm not even saying necessarily in our church specifically. Yeah. I'm just saying in churches <clears throat> in general or with right. Christians where mm-hmm. right. that would be something yeah. that I think. Yeah. 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 What More is modern. It? I what think it, you what, hit that
2: on
0: the,
1: the head on the nail. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. No, it could be any number of things. You're right. Politics can become the extra add-on yeah. that you need
1: to agree with me on. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always saying you're not a Christian unless you homeschool your kids. Right, oh, you're always saying that in our meetings. Right, yeah. No, I, bring, <laughs> I
0: bring that up every every single t- chance I get.
1: You're um, just trying to convert. Us, like, yeah,
0: I'm trying to. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, yeah. I do, not do, okay. Okay. do, not, I do, do not do that. Definitely a joke. Okay, I do not do that. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, you pagans. Let's go ahead. And, um, I, but but Paul, so Peter gets up and says, "Listen, I was there. Right, you know, God saved them." And he says he purified their hearts by faith. Interesting the word purifying, right? Because baptism, whenever John was doing baptism, uh, remember uh, they went out there and they were wondering why he was doing these purifications. Mm -hmm. Because that's what baptism was understood by them to be a ceremonial purification, a Mm -hmm. cleansing. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, here, remember Jesus said, I'm not going to baptize you with water. John the Baptist actually said that. Uh, he, I'm, I baptize you with water but there's going to be somebody yeah. who's coming he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit because it's interesting we have no examples of Jesus baptizing anybody with water
2: right
0: mm-hmm. I'm not saying that water baptism isn't something that God wants us to do in the New mm-hmm. Testament mm-hmm. but I it, perhaps the Lord was wanting us all to make sure that we we all understood Jesus' baptism he gives us totally unique to him yeah. right and, and he cleanses our hearts <clears throat> by faith through the Holy Spirit yeah And he was wanting to make sure that, so no one could say, I was baptized by Jesus, by (laughs) water, right? No, no, all the church, every single person who's a true believer in Jesus Christ is baptized by Jesus Mm -hmm. in a baptism that only he can give through the Spirit, by faith, receiving grace. So, and and Peter makes it flat out statement. We are all, this happens the same for us, Jew and Gentile. Paul will say the same thing in Galatians chapter 2. And eventually James, who's the brother of Jesus, who had been in opposition to his brother, is now a believer and the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Um, he shows up and says, listen, uh, this has happened, God's saving people amongst the Gentiles and actually this is exactly what God said would happen in the mm-hmm. Old
1: Testament. Mm-hmm. So listen, let's um, not lay up on them any unnecessary mm-hmm. burdens. You know, it's kind of interesting, I read reading the Jerusalem Council again, I don't even really see where it talks about Paul talking much it yeah. just says Paul and Barnabas shared what God had done right? and they start debating it and it's Peter who stands up and really rules the day yeah it's mm-hmm. really Peter who makes the mm-hmm. the argument mm-hmm. in the debate and then and then that that kind of ends it they're like all right it's showing that he had Let's this, do high this. Hat. yeah it wasn't it wasn't Paul there mm-hmm. it was Peter's i guess in my mind i was always thinking Paul debated a bunch maybe and, and maybe, why like, do you mm-hmm, think yeah, it's explicitly why do you think is there a reason why you think Luke gives us Peter's well, I mean, Peter was a, a disciple mm-hmm. and really close to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then you also have what we talked about before. Peter saw the first converts mm-hmm. of the Gentiles. God had, mm-hmm. again, God and his sovereignty is setting this up. Mm-hmm. He, he knows what's happening and going to take right. place. Because you, you'd you have to wonder, without that happening, without Peter seeing the first converts, does he stand up here? Right. Mm-hmm. Does, and he's obviously one of the leaders of yeah. the church and what's happening and taking place. Does he stand up at Mm -hmm. that point and say, oh, we believe them, and this is what, I don't know. Right. Uh, Probably not, but God knew that, and so God, this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I know I picked Paul for the Gentiles, but Peter, you're going to see it first. (laughs) Well, maybe, too, uh,
0: you think about, like, to help build the case, Luke maybe quotes Peter and James, who are both associated with the Jerusalem church more Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, right. Uh To try to highlight... Listen, because everyone's like, yeah, yeah, of course, Paul and Barnabas are going to believe this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, listen, the two people that you might champion as as people as champions of Jewish Christianity, they themselves right. also agree this. and say, listen, you can you can you can practice circumcision if you want, mm-hmm. but the minute you say it's required, right? Because um, because they still practiced Jewish customs and Jewish culture and their ceremonies, they still did that stuff. But the minute that you say it was required by Jesus Christ of all his people, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. That Mm -hmm. was the moment, you know, Paul basically kind of had that idea, right? The minute you tell me I can't do something and it violates Christian liberty, I'm going to do it. yeah, (laughs) Just to show you that I have the freedom in Christ. I mean,
1: the Jerusalem Council talks about polluted by idols,
0: things polluted by idols, which Mm -hmm. Paul addresses later. Right, Right. and it seems like (laughs) part of the Jerusalem Council the sexual immorality of course was universal that's a non-negotiable some of these other things may have been things that were just more egregious to the jews mm-hmm. and they're kind of saying listen you understand the jews don't like things with blood and things offered to idols and paul deals with that and is a bit more nuanced later mm-hmm. on sure. it seems like they're kind of saying these other things just kind of like just be nice <laughs> you know don't be don't be flaunting This stuff. It's not like we're saying it's. It's we're not placing burdens Mm -hmm. upon you, but we're just asking you respect your brothers in Mm -hmm. Christ and from the Jews as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, so yeah, it's a helpful thing because it helps us to remind ourselves um, of what the gospel message is. um, That it's by faith alone through Christ alone, and uh, and we just want to be really careful, like you said, Tim, about adding politics or any other thing to that. Yeah. Distorts the
1: message completely, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, bloodline yeah. people because of the family they're in yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I know. I've heard from like pastors who down south. They, I don't know if it's the case so much now, but before it was everyone down there was a Christian. Everybody you talked to said they were a Christian, and that mm-hmm. was like the big hurdle, right. of getting over, of right. like helping them see. Just because you're from here. Or just because <laughs> yeah. your grandma went to church, you know, and was faithful and prayed right. for you, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're a Christian. And I remember hearing many pastors talk about how that was just like really hard thing to mm. get past with people to see that no, you have to be in Christ, you know, and mm. this and right. uh it's not always the case up north, mm. but it, it was down south for right. a long time. Right, right. You know? Right. <clears throat> north versus south, Tim. Still. <laughs> Still the same for just you. Just remember who won. <laughs> Oh.
0: <laughs> oh, Tim, he's just always, tell you what, that, that Italian blood gets up, doesn't it? Sometimes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it gets
0: going there. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking, I was looking at a picture of Caesar Augustus. I was just thinking, you know, we'll probably find out Tim was descended Maybe. from oh, the Caesars, and then his head will
1: just get even you bigger know.
0: Like, like oh my goodness <laughs> you
1: know he's going gonna... <laughs> I got proof my relatives founded Monroe that's
0: true you are your you're Monroe royalty mm-hmm. yeah the Navars <clears throat> yeah well, alright well we better hurry this up so we can bow before you <laughs> um, oh my god <laughs> um, okay last thing so the, the New Testament goes on, on the last important the last uh, big thing I've got on the list here is something that's foretold in the New Testament, but not actually described in the New Testament. And that is the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. So up till this time, Jews and Christians are... The Christianity is kind of considered to just be like a subset of Judaism up to this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and probably only people with Jewish knowledge really understood the difference. It's kind of like today people, you know, today people might lump Mormons in with us, Mm -hmm. with Christians, right? They would say, well, we're all Christians and they would claim to be Christians. Yeah, they do. But, and and maybe to outside eyes, they look at it and they just lump everybody in. But you, but we Mm -hmm. as, as Protestant Orthodox Christians would say, no, there's a big difference between the Mormons and us. Yes. Similarly, um, Christianity and Judaism would have kind of looked the same to outsiders, but um, if you knew it, you would have understood the, the major differences. And the destruction of Jerusalem really brings about this big distinguishing of Christians from Jews, kind of separates us uh, firmly apart. And also, it, it really had major ramifications because it separates Christian, Christianity from its Jewish origins around, um, around Jerusalem. Uh, of course, there were Christians still in the Jerusalem Church. Though there was a, a, a it was a substantial minority of 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 people in Jerusalem. The, the church in Jerusalem was faithful, uh, full of people that loved the Lord Jesus Christ. And the leader of the church was James. He was known as James the Just. He was a holy guy, regarded as a God, very godly man. Wrote the letter of of James, and probably they just kept practicing the, the Jewish customs we know that they were um, zealous for the law mm-hmm. even still um, they uh, wanted to practice their the, the circumcision and then all the, the maybe the holidays and things like that um, if they understood the gospel rightly which they should have we are trusting James to have preached the gospel faithfully to them they they would have known that though this never saved them and it was not required of them they just did it because it was cultural mm-hmm. and part of what they did Um so this, this is going on there. Um, but eventually there, there becomes a big conflict between uh, Jerusalem and Rome. Uh, the Jews had been kicked out of Rome multiple times. Um, and, and there was always this, this kind of uh, issue. There were people um, that would lead revolts um, and, and friction between Rome and Jerusalem um, until eventually things get out of hand. And the Jews and the the Romans are continually having issues. And then the Jews decide to stop offering the sacrifice for the emperor. Because in the temple, they didn't offer it to him, but they offered it to the true God for Emperor Nero. Hmm. And uh, that was a tradition. And eventually they say, we're not doing that anymore. Um, And (laughs) so then it's on. And eventually, long story short, uh, Jerusalem Hmm. is toppled. Uh, destroyed in 70 AD, the temple is leveled, and um, things are different after that. Uh, What do you think it must have been like to be a Christian? We're told, by the way, that Christians, interestingly, left Jerusalem Mm -hmm. during this time. They left, and perhaps they knew that Jesus had said, uh, not a single stone of this is going to stay. They yeah. knew that Jesus had told them this. Mm-hmm. Um there's also uh, somebody I read somewhere said that they made that supposedly that maybe they got a revelation that this was they needed to head out and whatever. But still, we do know that Christians left because they knew what was coming. Um, what do you think this did to them and and to the uh, especially maybe as you read, you've read all of you have read the Olivet discourse before where Jesus talks about this stuff happening. If you're a Jewish Christian, what does this do to you whenever you see the temple and your city and your culture kind yeah. of being stamped on by the Romans?
1: I mean, they'd really face some persecution for some time. Yeah, with Nero, mm-hmm. um, we we see all these martyrs, mm-hmm. uh, and so it wasn't like a safe thing to be to be a Christian. Hmm. Um, I know in the Book of Hebrews, kind of yeah. gets on them about. Falling back from some persecution, and he says, "You haven't even faced bloodshed yet, Mm -hmm. and you're already starting to fall." Right. Kind of like saying, "Just wait, because it's coming." Yeah. You're going to face bloodshed, and then what? Where's your faith at? Right. Right. So other parts, though, of the world have been facing this bloodshed, and now this. I mean, now really just an upheaval of everything you everything you knew is is gone. I mean, try to try to think of it. I guess as if war came to our shores. Yeah. And all of a sudden, our your home is took. By right. The opposition—they're right. like, we need this, and you're getting out of here. Right, and you can—I mean, that's just a whole change of life that yeah. you're now fleeing. Maybe yeah. they don't kill you, but right. you're now fleeing with nowhere to go, and you're well, trying like, you to can't get find a job, right. you can't provide for your family. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's just—you talk about a bad time. I mean, we've talked—we we talk about as Christians today how rough it can be, and mm-hmm. and society is turning against us. Probably not even close yeah, <laughs> to right, what they're right, facing yes, at this right. moment of yeah. just so much uncertainty um, of mm-hmm. what could happen or mm-hmm. what is happening and what's right. taking place yeah. that it really is going to change. Because also, I mean, you talk about the importance of the temple just yeah. to Jewish life. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, We don't have that. We don't no. understand that. No. I mean, no. uh, maybe in a little older generations, the church building is important. And I... I I still think it can be an important thing mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. to have and something you care for, but it's not like the temple was yeah. right, right where God would come, right? You know, and <clears throat> God's presence was <laughs> yeah there, right? Yeah, and yeah. sit, mm-hmm. and reside, mm-hmm. and judge the people, and you know the trek to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the importance of that, yep, yep. Uh, to do those things, and now that's gone, and you're not mm-hmm. allowed here. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't come back. It's not right. getting rebuilt. You know, you're, right. it, this mm-hmm. isn't happening. Right. You can't. Right. You know. So. So not, I mean, just, just physically there's mm-hmm. all these challenges emotionally, but then also mm-hmm. spiritually yeah. of like yeah. what yeah. what is going on? And you've asked some good questions about, you know, the early Christians and, you know, their connection to the Jewish law, but still just trying to flesh that out. Mm-hmm. And now that this temple's gone, right. adds a new element yeah. right, to yeah. it. Yep, yeah. You know, is this going to hamper our faith? Can yeah. we really have it with the temple gone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because... Right. Jesus mm-hmm. said this. Remember and yeah. remember the Samaritan woman said, "Where will we worship?" Yeah. You say here. I say here. Yeah. What? And right, maybe yeah. yeah. about, right. right. Maybe this is something Jesus was talking about. Right. Maybe like, this. They're is the starting. Thing. Yeah. They're starting to connect these dots, you right. know, with all this stuff. So, but I can't. I mean, what a what a tough yeah. time. Yeah. Good night. Man. I would have to imagine. Yeah. To, to be, d- I think James. Well, it's
2: evident that James knew what was going on because he encouraged them with his letter. Hmm. Uh, So this is from James, the letter of James, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, which is literally this event, the uh, tearing down of Jerusalem and then all leaving. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So James knows these people, and he knows that, that they're not joyous, but they need to be joyous. Um, and that the, these trials are not in vain, and that they're actually testing your faith um, so that you grow. Right. So that through right. these persecutions, you become
0: uh, mature. Yeah. Mature yeah. in Christ. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I think um, uh, the faith probably would have, their faith would have been tested but also maybe clarified yeah sure in a, in yeah, a way, in a way
1: through sure. this I mean but you hear that a lot with people who suffer yeah, even today yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. people who go through struggles right there's this great test but also this you'll hear them talk about but I had this peace or I had this understanding mm-hmm. and yeah. really, kind of the same yeah <laughs> that stuff still happens
0: well and what was happening in the book of Hebrews again we don't there's a lot of circumstances that we don't know was it who was it written to when but one of the things that it seems was happening in Hebrews that, was that people these Jews were being tempted in Hebrews to go back to the synagogue perhaps mm. and deny sure. Jesus and say no, it's because just Judaism officially was a protected religion. Christianity wasn't mm-hmm. um, and, right and it was kind of under the umbrella of Judaism, so it kind of got protected that way mm-hmm. um, but later on that protection would be removed. Um, and And so for these Jews here, To fully make that break, uh, or these Jewish believers, because you think about it, um, could they have been viewed as traitors by some of their uh, fellow Jews? Only they're Jewish Christians, and now Mm -hmm. there are other Jews who may be, you know, patriots or zealots or whatever. They're they're defending; they're they're ready to fight Rome. And you're leaving. Are you looked at as a traitor because Mm -hmm. you're not willing to fight? You're weak. Mm -hmm. Are you viewed as uh, somebody who who won't stand up for for the Jews? And then whenever the temple is gone, um, it really would have uh, clarified for these Jewish Christians to realize that even though this symbol of Jewish life is gone, in Jesus Christ, he is the temple, he is our priest, he is our sacrifice. Um, really helped clarify that theology, I think, for them. And, and I don't know that they would have supported any kind of effort to rebuild the temple, After this, because I think in their eyes, they, Jesus had said this was going to happen. It did happen. And besides, (laughs) Jesus is better than all this stuff. We've already got him. Yeah. Um, It would have been quite a, quite a change for them though.
1: These believers. (laughs) Yeah. Thinking about the books of the Bible being written and when they were written, uh, would they say that maybe revelation was the only one written after? Yeah. Or, and maybe John's gospel. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But but there's arguments about Revelation. Some people think right. it was written before seventy,
1: yeah. A.D. You yeah, know? Uh, right. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, just trying to think of uh, like how the church would still stand and, and still go yeah. after that because they obviously were spread out, but there had to be some sort of organization. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Again, I, we don't know. No. We, we just guess. But I mean. Were they fleeing for their life, you know, in all these different directions so that right. they lost each other? Right. It's like, I don't I don't know where don't know. Timothy is. I don't know where these people are. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't call them. Right. You know, I can't figure this out. But yeah. it doesn't, I would guess that's not how it happened. Mm-hmm. It seems to be maybe a little more organized. Like you said, they they knew this was coming. Right. They see it. Because, again, it doesn't happen in a day. Right. I mean, you, you gave us a timeline here. Yeah. In <laughs> this one, it's April to August. The siege begins in April. Right. It finally destroyed in August. So that's right. some time. Um, to get out of town yeah, and so maybe some leaders left and or, mm. or whatever but it'd be good to know you know how all that functioned and mm-hmm. help and we try with the early church fathers and different yeah. right, which is yep. your next class I think you said but um, of just how that was sustained but I, again I just think you see the, the will of God the might of God that yeah. this could have been the end right it could have been the end of this little sect of Judaism that now right. is going to go away right. but right and, it didn't, and in fact, no. it ends up flourishing. Yeah, and there were already
0: well-established congregations in Antioch and then all the ones yeah, that Paul had Ephesus, established. Yeah, Ephesus, because we yeah. it seems like the Apostle John has some association with Ephesus later mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he at least in his he, and he's he's the oldest living of the apostles. It seems lives the longest, and he's he goes up there, so he leaves out of Palestine and heads out, um, and so there was already a. Uh, uh, the, the spiritual family had grown outside of Palestine to where there was a place mm-hmm. to run away. It does make you think um, um, about uh, Revelation chapter 12, whenever he talks about the woman who gave birth to uh, this child, right? Mm-hmm. Who's ruling. What happens? She's taken into the wilderness and protected mm-hmm. Um and God always takes care of His church, mm-hmm. even whenever it seems like the world <clears throat> is falling apart around you and Jerusalem is collapsing. Yeah, it's always a remnant, right? He takes yeah. His people, preserves them, and then look what's happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, out of this, one of the things that um, so what happened really is is like we said, the uh, Christianity and Judaism both continued. Judaism continued without though, sacrifice or temple or priesthood. Mm-hmm it really became uh, what we know of as today as Judaism. Beforehand, Judaism was actually quite a diverse movement. And it is diverse still today. I don't want to deny the diversity, but, um, but uh, uh, it, it became such without Sacrifices now, mm-hmm. um, as it is today, and eventually it seems the Judy uh, the Jews included a prayer toward the ends of the first century, um, in which they they said this: "For apostates, let there be no hope, and the kingdom of arrogance, do thou speedily uproot in our days, and let Nazarenes, that's us, and heretics perish as in a moment." So. The Jews recognized in the Nazarenes, us. That was a, a term they would have used for Christians. In us, uh, they recognized us as heretics. They're even, I'm not saying simply us as a, as Gentile Christians. They recognized Jewish Christians right. as heretics yeah. because mm-hmm. you follow this, Jesus. Yeah. Um, so the Jews started to, there's this clear separation. And interestingly, a couple of other things happened. One of the things that happened in my research that I found was that the Jews actually changed their perspective on the Septuagint, which is which was the Greek translation of the Old Testament scriptures. They they used to use it, and then it seems like they backed away from it yeah. because they regarded that as a Christian version of the Bible, hmm. because the Christians were always pointing to the Septuagint and saying, the See, Greek. it's Jesus. Yeah. It's Jesus here. It's Jesus there. Yeah. And then lastly... It seems like the fourth servant song, um, it could be, it's possible that the synagogue lectionary, which is the lectionary is simply the listing of on this day read these passages of scripture, on this day read these passages of scripture. It seems they dropped the fourth servant song of Isaiah, which I'm assuming is Isaiah 53. Mm Yeah. Because the Christians were always (laughs) using it. The Jewish Mm -hmm. Christians and Gentile Mm -hmm. Christians were saying, see, look, talk about Jesus, talk about Jesus. And for us, I think when we read Isaiah 53, I can't see anybody else fulfilling that. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else. <laughs> yeah. But I say all of this uh, to show that what happened to Judaism and what happened to Christianity, it started this, dis- what God had before ordained as kind of a protective shield for Christianity, evaporated, and now the clear distinctions take place. And... Um, It really separated us from our, uh, from the Jewish heritage of of Christianity. And perhaps there's been a lot of blessings in that, but there's also maybe been that we've forgotten um, to put into original context, Mm -hmm. some of these scriptures um, and everything. It's just kind of an interesting fallout from where we're at today. Sure. um, To where we're a Gentile church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. full of Gentiles. So (laughs) uh, I had bacon yesterday. I eat bacon a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now no, you don't like ham. I ate it. You're the, I mean, I you're it. the anti-ham guy. No, I ate it yesterday for oh. Easter.
1: Oh, you did? Yeah. What kind of it's ham? It's fine. Uh, honey Glaze. ham or honey something glazed. Ham. <laughs> honey glazed. Sweet. I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I'm not excited about it. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Right. It's perfectly fine. Sure. Yeah, you seem, yeah, you seem good. Pork about rinds.
0: <laughs> sure. Pork rinds. Bacon. I like bacon. Sausage.
1: Yeah, sausage.
0: Pork sausage. Pork sausage. It's pretty good okay all right well uh, apparently the only thing we believe about Gentile Christianity is that you get to eat pork (laughs) sounds like it that's 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 the big advantage that's the big advantage all right (laughs) for freedom we have been set free all right well thank you so much for listening to this Um, I hope it's been uh, interesting encouraging thought-provoking to you to uh, think about these five key events in in New Testament history Um, yeah thanks for listening and uh, we hope to see you next time Oh,